just ties in good about like you know growing up with punk and everything like that you know Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. On this week's episode, I'm going to be introducing you to Washington, D.C. area band Celebration Summer. I'm going to be chatting with Nathan, who sings and plays guitar in the band. We'll talk about, you know, kind of how they came together growing up in the punk and hardcore scene, as well as some songs and bands that inspired him, and the stories behind a few of their songs off their debut EP and their upcoming full-length debut. And later this episode, we've also got a little surprise from uh, Chef Josh Kemble of the Family Cast. He's uh, cooked up, I guess you could say, some food and drink pairings to go alongside uh, Celebration Summer. So a heads up for that. Before we get into it, go follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. At Growing Punk Pod is where you'll find us. If you want to support us on Patreon, that is linked in the show notes for this episode. Uh, just a couple bucks a month in general support helps keep the show going, paying for things, you know, like Zoom accounts and stuff. Friggin' Zoom accounts. And of course, we've also got some merch, t shirts, stuff like that on, uh, that you can grab at the link in the show notes as well. And rate and review the show wherever you're listening to it. Share it with your friends, all that good stuff. Let's get to it. This is my interview with Nathan Falger of Celebration Summer. Back to the beginning. Do you remember the first punk or hardcore band that uh, introduced you to this whole world, this whole scene? Yeah, sir. It was it was a metal band that a kid told me in freshman year of high school, uh, Skin Dread. Yeah, oh, uh, they were like this old. I forget where they're from. They might have been a UK band. Mm. Um, but you know, early two thousands kind of new metal wave, like reggae meets hardcore. Yeah. Um, and the, <laughs> this dude is just like, "Hey, man, if you want to try to get into heavier music, check out this band." Um, yeah. So I went home, look it up. Uh, it was called Yeah Skin Dread. The song was called Rat Race. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I just I just started to look up. I th- and I also think they might have been on like Metal Blade or something like that. Right. Um, so I yeah I just started you know falling deep into the hole and then from there learning bands from friends in high school um and kind of looking for the more heavier stuff on like mtv and like vh1 jumpstart mm-hmm. um and yeah just from there and then finally i ended up you know going to shows and stuff but but I, I think my real real introduction into like hardcore and like you know what i identify with my my dad um through just weird luck of the draw he took me to a show it was a Agnostic Front, Sheer Terror, um, Baltimore Hard old legend band called uh, Cop Stabber, okay. um, and just some other stuff. And uh, yeah, they just got really got me really deep into 
that was like this when i first went to the first show that was like it, it didn't really feel like the big kind of concert um yeah, it was yeah. more just like you know just performer and audience and yeah it was it was it was really sick and i think that's when i really got hooked and so how old were you at that time uh i think it was 15 or 16 okay. yeah and your dad was taking kinda, you to kinda younger but yeah i would no it was it was weird he um him and my stepmother had a a couple friend um mm-hmm. who the husband their her boyfriend had played in a, a like a little sleazy hardcore band in frederick maryland okay and uh they just one night you know invited them to a show and they knew i was getting into this kind of stuff you know i also you know i when i would be in the car with my father or something like that we'd be listening to like serious liquid metal right. or like you know the serious uh i forget the punk channel like faction so yeah, that's yeah. another place i was just listening to a lot of music and uh yeah so yeah he ended up taking me to that show and that's that was awesome. like one of the first times i ever like danced and everything it was awesome yeah so had you been to any like concerts before then or was this your first live music experience no i um but enough too my my grandparents the first show i ever went to my grandparents took me to was rush okay, um yeah. i was really into rush from that movie i love you man Fair um, enough. and i kind of went to the whole <laughs> listening to them so the first yeah <laughs> yeah exactly slapping a bass um so i got really into rush from that movie and then from there uh yeah rush was the first one i saw and then my mother just jamming out from her she took me to see uh Def Leppard and Heart opened up for them Sick. so yeah those were some of my like first uh live performances I got yeah. to see yeah so that that Rush show um oh you said from since like after seeing I Love You Man so because I say I saw them live once uh but it would have been like 2001 I think so I'm assuming it was a very uh, different this was tour probably yeah it was uh I want to say it was like it was called the Time Machine Tour. No, not Time Machine Tour. That's the song. Um, it was probably like two thousand nine, two thousand eight ish, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was never whatever. I love you, man. Because they even had yeah. a skit from "I Love You, Man" in oh, the performance funny. of the movie, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. in the in the middle of the concert. Uh, yeah. So, whenever that movie came, I think that was probably around like two thousand nine. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, I was never a big fan of Rush, but I had a friend who was a big fan of Rush that I played in bands with, you know, in high school and whatever. And he happened to have someone who couldn't go to the show with him. So he had an extra ticket. I was like, yeah, I'll go. And it was easily one of the most memorable shows I've ever been to. Like, without even being a fan of the band, they're just, they were just so good musically, right? (laughs) Like so tight and they played for hours. It was pretty cool, but awesome. um, Yeah. So, uh, when, like, what was it that made you want to pick up an instrument or start writing songs? Was there, you know, was it like, say going to a show like that or did you have friends playing music? How did that end up becoming a part of your life? Um, you know, it was like right when I entered high school again, that friend showed me skin dread and like, I just started going down the deep hole of heavier music before that. I was really just a fan of like hip hop or whatever was mm-hmm. on the radio. Um, and so I just, I really started to get interested in just kind of the sound of, I was really like a metal head, I would say originally. Um, and so I got really sound into the sound of metal and, uh, I did have a lot of friends that were playing guitar and stuff like that. Um, and I just, I kind of wanted to be part of the crowd. And so, uh, I didn't actually start playing guitar. The first instrument I got, uh, my parents got me a bass. Okay. Um, it was like one of those starter bass kits you get, it was a Dean with like the little 15 watt, 10 watt amp that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and so that, yeah, I was like the first time I got into the music and a lot of it was, yeah, trying to 
keep up with my friends and see what they're doing, right. which again led me to just playing six strings and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just wanted to slap the bass. <laughs> just wanted to slap it a bass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so sorry, you grew up in like Baltimore area. Is that where you were? I grew up in a really small, it's more, I was more close, I was closer to Richmond. Okay. Um, it's King George, Virginia, really small town, farm town. Uh, there's like nothing around in the area. Um, mm-hmm. And we're sat, we're kind of in a nice area where we're an hour and a half from DC, but we're also an hour and a half from Richmond. Yeah. So I was getting pulled in by both of those kind of areas. And also, yeah. like, I guess we're like two and a half, three hours from Baltimore. So we're not technically the DMV as everyone claims, but right. we get to influence everything from down there. Okay. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. That whole area of, the country i don't like living where i live i'm like i don't really know a whole lot about it but there <laughs> seem to be a lot of bands coming from you know i've interviewed a few that kind of come from that area so uh that's pretty awesome but um yeah so getting into playing music uh did you have a few bands before celebration summer kind of became a thing or was this sort of the real for like the first kind of i don't want to say real band but serious band that you did I would say this is what, like the the first really serious band. Uh, I toyed around with a few bands, like in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a band with some friends, and it was kind. We it was kind of like Paramore worship. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we did. We never. We never really like played anywhere live. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, excuse me. We never recorded anything. We played live a lot, and yeah. we would play a lot of these shows, like the pay to play kind of thing. And yeah. uh, but we got to open up for some of the like favorite bands back in the day. So uh, that was a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so I got you to pick some songs that uh, influenced you in whether I don't, I don't know if you picked them that they influenced you in specifically writing for Celebration Summer or just in general, but I thought we could kind of uh, go through some of these songs. I thought for a moment there I'd actually put them in order for when they were released. So I'm going to just make a quick edit because uh, I like going from oldest to newest as it were. Oh, yeah, that yeah, so the, works. the the first band uh, we're going to listen to is Rocket from the Crypt, and uh, the album is Circa Now. The song that you picked off that was Sturdy Wrist.
Yes. <laughs> Rocket from the Crypt. They um I gotta say I was I was introduced to them through uh Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Is that where you were introduced to them as well, or how did you come across Rocket from the Crypt? No, that's actually kind of funny. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, they yeah. were in that. Well, uh, what, what song was it on? Uh, what game was that? I'm not. Invis- Is that number four? Well, I'm not invisible. Was the song? Was it four? I don't know. That's um, Tony Hawk. I'm, I I want to say like I thought it was the first one. Because that was the one I played the most, but it is invisible. It is possible that it was a later one. I know it's in like the uh, like the remastered or whatever edition that that came out. Um, Tony Hawk. I don't want cheats. Tony Hawk's Underground soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't actually. Want, I just want details on the soundtrack, guys. Come on. Um, right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, let's see. Rocking from the Crypt. Okay, so I don't want to do it this way. I don't know. I think it was the first one, um, but uh, but yeah, that that's where I was introduced to them. Was okay, that. yeah, it makes so, sense. Yeah. So where did when did you come across them? No, actually, it's that's actually kind of funny. Still similar, or it's skateboarding related. Um, okay, yep. uh, Mario Rubicaba, he plays in the band Earthless, and Earthless is like. favorite band of this dude named figgy uh or what's his real name justin figgy really into skateboarding and like, i think figgy's one of the best skaters ever and so yeah. uh through fi- finding him i realized that uh mario was the drummer in like all these bands like uh off and uh rocket from the crib but there's another one missing and uh yeah so that's that was the first time i ever got the that's, band. that's cool Okay, so now that the technical difficulties are hopefully <laughs> out of the way, let's. Uh, so, Rocky from the Crypt. Um, you were saying because it was kind of hard to to pick up. You were saying you uh, was it through a friend skateboarding oh, that no, you were introduced. Um, so, um, in skateboarding uh, on the Baker team, I don't know if you're familiar with that company. Yeah, um, the skateboarder Justin Figueroa he goes by Figgy, okay, um, yeah. and he's really into like stoner rock and stuff. And there's a band Earthless that. Mario Rubicabra, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Um, he plays drum in Earthless, and then he also plays drums in Rocket from the Crypt. I don't think he played on the record uh, uh, circuit now, but I do right. think, or he has been in the band so far. So it was just that's kind of how I was introduced to the band through gotcha. skateboarding, similar to Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. I was trying to look while we were sorting things out to see if I could figure out which uh, Tony Hawk soundtrack it was on, but. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't able to sort it out just yet, but anyway, yeah, they're, they've always been like an interesting band to me and they've come up a few times, uh, on different episodes with different guests as, uh, you know, whether it be influential bands or, uh, we did, um, a series a while ago on different record labels. And so we were talking about Vagrant Records and I had Roger from the band No Motive on, and he was, he listed, um, Rocking from the Crypt. I don't remember the name of the album now. It's the one with I'm Not Invisible on it, but as like one of his favorite Vagrant bands. So they've kind of been yeah. this this band that has always been around and I've been familiar with, but I've never been able to like kind of like pinpoint down because their style, their sound is so kind of broad. And at the time that I was like really getting into punk and hardcore and stuff like that, they were kind of just like this band that was almost like 
I don't know if too much for me is the right word, but you know, they're they're sort of hard to pin down, right? No, agree. Um, And I was the same way. I couldn't really ever put my finger on them for a long time. until right before we, or right as we were starting Celebration Summer, Greg had lent me a DVD of a San Diego hardcore and punk um, documentary, just kind of documenting the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It was called, um, It's Gonna Blow, I think it was called. And uh, I was, it was just one of the, you know, how awesome documentary should be. It just immediately sucked me in. It it talked about a time in the, in the mid nineties in San Diego where like music, the music industry thought it was going to be Seattle. And so it just started throwing money at all these different bands. California um and he was going on so um yeah it just kind of showed the influence of like you know trying to think uh bands like and I never knew the connection either between Drive Like Jehu and Rocket from the Crypt stuff like that yeah. um yeah. I just never knew like how weird that scene was down there. yeah <laughs> yeah and I also yeah. knew never knew that John uh the guitarist from Rocket from the Crypt and Drive Like Jehu John Risu a huge influence on me I never knew it was really from DC and um oh. so it was cool in the documentary they talk about like how everyone in the early 80s was just, you know, really getting off on everything that was coming out of LA, like all just like the heavy punk, you know, suicidal tendency, shit like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, early scene in San Diego was like stuff like the Vandals and things like that. Right. And then yeah. they, always, they talk about how John Reese came in from DC with these weird, like, you know, Fugazi's kind of sounding riffs and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. kind of totally changed the, the name of the game there. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, uh, the next song that you picked is uh, from the band Sam I Am. And uh, off the record, Clumsy, this is Simca.
So I think I'm suffering from some Mandela effect because <laughs> <laughs> I looked up and it turns out Rocky, like, we'll get into Sam I am in a second. I just had to conclude this, but Rocky from the Crypt, uh, I'm Not Invisible was not on any Tony Hawk game. They did really? have a song. Yeah, they did have a song on a Tony Hawk game, but as far as I can tell, it was not that song. Uh, so I'm curious where I'm Not Invisible I must maybe it was on a compilation or something like uh, it's it's boggling my mind a little bit here. But Sam, I am okay. Um, they're an interesting band for me because uh, I I'm trying to remember if I heard them on like an actual compilation CD or if it was like a burned CD that a friend had given me. Um, but it was the song "She Found You" and it must have been. I think it was a burned CD because it was this one song that I remember. In fact, okay. Now I'm starting to remember. The CD wasn't given to me. It was like found. I found it like left at a table in my high school cafeteria, sort of thing. And this was like in the early days of burned CDs, right? So I'm like, oh, this is weird. So I I took it and listened to it. And there was like like Ozzy Osbourne was on there. It was like this wide mix of stuff. But there was this song that got stuck in my head, and I didn't know who it was because there was no track listing. It was just like mix CD number two or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, come to find out, it was the song "She Found You" by Sam I Am, and they were this band that I'd like heard their name forever, but had no idea what they sounded like because this was still at a time where like burned CDs were very new. So if you wanted music, you were typically going and buying it, right? So it was kind of you know selective of what I was what I was buying, and Sam I Am was never one that I ended up buying. But when I heard that song, I was like, oh man. It's so good. So tell me a little bit about your experience and your introduction to Sam I Am. Same again, pretty similar to you. You know, I always saw the name Sam I Am um, for years, as well as the logo. I always saw that all the time, um, mm-hmm. and I never really just did my like like proper punk rock hardcore and, right. and, uh, or homework. And then it, uh, when I was in college, um, I started to meet kind of like what I would say is more of an older crowd of punk rock heads. Um, and that's when I started to really go back and look at bands like Sam I am and hot water music, which I was extremely disappointed in myself to take me that long to really, (laughs) really deeply listen to that stuff. Um, but yeah, and I instantly fell in love with Sam. I I think they, I think they're like the perfect songwriters. Um, I am always, they're a huge influence on what we do in celebration summer. Um, this is one of the reasons I picked that as an influential track. Um, Mm. Just the way they kind of layer guitars with their harmonies and stuff like that. We're, I think I myself am always trying to copy and I'm always trying to influence Dan, our other guitar player, to think exactly like that. <laughs> um, and even um, like the, the vocal delivery he has there, right in the right before the bridge of the song, where he mm-hmm. says uh, the line tomorrow, like that is just, I mean, that, that's everything to me. I think that's like just the sauce. And so, right. Um, I, I, there's moments in many of our, our songs that I've always tried to to copy that and achieve that same sort of like atmosphere or vibe in a song, but uh, never, or at least in my, in my heart, I feel I haven't achieved it yet, but almost all the, every, almost all the time when we're writing a song, I'm trying to create that kind of, that lead into a bridge or just that like breath in a moment of a song. But I think, yeah. I just think it's, I think that's just such a great moment and, and just perfect songwriting. It's interesting because this kind of sound with what Sam I am, you know, kind of has, you mentioned hot water music and stuff like that. Um, that's like the sound I find myself listening to more and more now, like hot water music. I was, 
you know, I, I was a big fan of in the early 2000s. Like I had Fuel for their Fuel for the Hate Game, which I think is their first record, and then um, Caution. Like those were my two like big Hot Water Music records. But it did. It took me until like many years later to kind of like start diving more into that that kind of world. Uh, and so that's when I start seeing the name Sam I Am come up even more because, you know, outside of She Found You, that was kind of it for my exposure for the longest time, right? It was like, oh, this song that hooked me from the first time I heard it. And then when I found out who it was, that was just kind of where it stayed, you know? But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty, uh, pretty rad band. Also, you know, after having children and diving more mm -hmm. into Dr. Seuss books, all of a sudden I was like, wait, Sam I am now I know where like it never clicked <laughs> in my brain that that's where the name came from from Green right? Eggs and Ham but you know good for them I guess um the next song that you picked is from the band Rival Schools uh the album's United by Fate and the song you picked is Used for Glue yeah i 
Walter's voice. <laughs> I I have so much respect for Walter Schreifel. I think he is just like such an incredible musician. I I always I always tell the guys in the band that I want to have the same exact like career musical career tra- trajectory as him. So right. I, he's I, I mean I think he's just so cool. And I think he, one of the reasons I chose the song is because I mean if if you look at his history, I mean he was there from the start of hardcore. You know he yeah. played Youth Today, uh, yeah. Grill Biscuit, Civ. And then, um, you know, I, I, I do, I love quicksand. I think rival schools is a bit better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if people are going to agree with me, but, um, I, I, I would agree. Like, I mean, I think it's just more in the sense that rival schools is a sound that's more up my alley. Right. Agreed. Like whereas yeah. quick, quicksand is great, but there's like sometimes where me personally, I'm like, it's a little too just like hard rock for me you know like yeah. where i'm whereas this kind of you know maybe dips its toe a little more clearly in like post-hardcore emo side of you know things which i, I, agree. I enjoy yeah i think sometimes quicksand just gets a little too like i don't know i think it's ron ca- categorize it like this but i think it gets a little too proggy at times sure yeah um and so i like like rival school i think is like and again i i think our our band is going more towards the trajectory all the time too is like I mean, it's Walter Schreifels from these legendary Sammy Sigler played drums. And it's just mm-hmm. like these people, again, I talk about like how they were just right in the middle of hardcore. And that's how I used to feel as a young person where it's like every, all the music I want to listen to was just like beat your head against the wall stuff. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Negative approach infest. And then I, I really love how, you know, the song came through this band came later in Walter's life. And he could have been a guy that just does youth of today all the time, but it's like not he. Yeah he just it's like it's just such a maturity of the music and like you say it's post hardcore but like you get the flavors of everything in there and i just think it's cool or i just think like just the moment or how or how he creates that i love the lead in that song the rpg lead in that that yeah <laughs> but uh i just think it's so fantastic how how they wrote that song and i think it's just the perfect expression of like how hardcore really isn't defined like what it is like it's 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 like that free space of creation. I think it's just a com- it shows the maturity of like moving on, but still making things hardcore. And it's it's powerful, um, but it's also melodic and catchy. It's it's yeah. just a perfect song. I, I love I, that, and I so I love Walter Schreckles too. Yeah, I just had had a discussion with Austin from Praise that went in that very like same direction, right? Where it was like just loving how um, I mean there is like and and going back to like over the history of hardcore, there was obviously a shift that happened when a bunch of people just got really tired of the regimented rules of what yeah. hardcore was. Right. And so once that kind of that wall was broken down, that's where like, there's just so much great music. And obviously like the nineties, you know, alternative scene was, you know, um, you know, kind of a, a product of that in that all of a sudden all these bands or all these musicians that came out of that scene were feeling a little more free to, uh, I guess, expand and stretch their, uh, whether it be their musicality, their songwriting, whatever. And now you just have like hardcore. It's it's funny because sometimes it can be a little confusing. It's like, wait, this is a hardcore band, right? Because like you grow up thinking like, oh, you know, I definitely grew up thinking like hardcore was like victory record sound, right? Yeah, like exactly. hate breed, you know, beat down hardcore sort of stuff. And then, you know, you can hear obviously even in that kind of stuff, you can obviously hear the roots that it came from, um, you know, in listening to bands like Youth of Today, Gorilla Biscuits, you know, Minor Threat, going back like that. But I love that this new wave that's kind of coming out 
in the last couple years kind of just has that more direct tie to kind of like, oh, like, so when Turnstile Glow On came out, I was like, what is this? Yeah. First and foremost, because it's weird, right? It's wild. They do all sorts of stuff. And then you listen to it, though, and you're like, oh, shit, like, that's that's like a, a straight up, like, you know, East Coast hardcore riff that he's playing or whatever. Exactly. You know, but but it's like layered through this just like super rich chorus and, you know, like all this stuff that's going on. You're like, wow, this is amazing. And it's like that kind of and, and there's just this like mo- uh, not movement, I guess, but like an, an era of bands that are really kind of i think stretching it again if that makes sense like what no i agree can be and i don't i don't know what is making us all circle around and again i feel such a pride right now being from the dmv with all the bands coming out like praise especially all in a dream is like mm-hmm. one of the best recording i think it's so so fucking fantastic it is amazing um, yeah and turnstile i've been telling everyone i think turnstile is like the best hardcore band to ever exist at this point like and right. people can argue me whatever this like yeah. just it's insane and i know it's hard for like people to to it's hard to let ourselves go as hardcore kids from like the basement shows and like the right. small venues because it's so yeah. hard to let the outsiders in but like there's keeping it true and i know it's mm-hmm. like it's getting weird but they're keeping it true and like like you said, it's 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 you can still see still that like East Coast hardcore feeling it, but it's mm-hmm. getting weirder and weirder. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just I really appreciate like all the stuff that's coming out of DC because I think it's really influencing that. Like um, yeah, the Truth Cult, another band. Um, they're not a DC band, Seattle, but like Military Gun, and I know they they all sound oh, like I, similar. I was, I was just gonna bring up Military Gun because they're another band that I am like just waiting for. Uh, like them to kind of like really take that next step what they're um oh what was the single that they released i think it was earlier this year it it was like a collaboration with another band that's on um the same label but uh they like from the moment i heard um like all roads lead to the gun one and then because like i by the time i was into them like one and two were both out uh so i got to listen to them kind of together uh, which was great. Uh, the song Pressure Cooker. That's the song yeah. with uh, Daisy. Yeah, Daisy. Uh, like, it's so... Like, I mean, I don't know how much of that influence is coming from Daisy in that song, but it is so, like, different from what, you know, kind of when you when, when I think about hardcore, right? But the great thing is, is what I, what I was going to say is, like, the influence that I'm enjoying that I'm hearing the most is, like, that youth crew sort of hardcore, yeah, right? Yeah, like, And so what is so what is so great which obviously this uh rival schools ties directly into that because of you know walter and all that kind of stuff but um it's like i love being able to go back and listen to like start today or things like that and go man like there's just so much a obviously for lack of a better term youthful energy but b just like how they were kind of so focused on just like being kind of positive and good people if that makes sense right? <laughs> no like, exactly kind of, and inspiring people in that, in that kind of realm, which I, which I love. And like, that's something that I've always appreciated say about the band H2O is like, that was very much like Toby Morse obviously is all about preaching the PMA. Uh, so I, so I, I've always loved that kind of thing where it's like, man, if I just want to feel good, there's just so much, like when I'm listening to music, there's so much good hardcore and post hardcore, whatever you want to label it out there right now that is like drawing from those influences. And I just think it's fantastic. I'm the same way because when I was really going into hard, going to hardcore shows, it got it got super beat downy for a while. Yeah, it, it came super about like 
cargo shorts and the Nike air shoes. Like, um, and it, 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 I just, I always felt really out of place at those shows. Cause like, I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not a person that wants to crowd kill and stuff like that. I love, mm. there's so many bands I love that are like that. Um, yeah. But it really just started, I started to feel out of place with that. And I, so, and I think a lot of people did at that time. I mean, to be mm-hmm. quite honest, because, you know, and all the, like the language at that time was, you know, brotherhood. And, like, I, I right. just felt like, you know, so many communities of people just couldn't like identify with that stuff or nor did yeah. they feel welcome. So I, I really enjoy how, things have taken a turn recently in hardcore that it's i mean for everything just I mean, yeah i just there's so many great bands um, for me too like all the the black folk i'm seeing in, in hardcore right now too yeah. um bands like zulu and uh you know end it from baltimore and that's just one guy um but then, you know, there's <laughs> there, there's move and all, all these other bands scout are not scout bugging uh mm-hmm. so many great oh, bugging's great yeah i, scout- I saw this is great. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I love. It. I got to see. Uh, I got to see Buggin for the first time um, yeah. in Baltimore in January this year, um, disturbing the Peace Fest. And what an insane fucking and that, that yeah. same feel, like I remember being there and maybe it's because I'm like getting closer to thirty or something. And I'm starting right. to think of, like like oh the days getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting closer to forty now, but <laughs> <laughs> but I just I feel myself more sitting there going like. Oh, let me archive this moment like in my head right like, yeah oh i'm, I'm not this and i remember like i was there and like buggin played rob brigade played which yeah i think they're like one of the most insane bands right now um and it was just like you know you got this like young bl- black um person here singing um these lyrics and you got this band from columbia which it was just like it was really insane and then no pressure played which i, I think they're really killing it right now and then you got amazing who was yeah. in the, one of the biggest bands ever, but he's just doing yeah. this thing now. And this, I just thought it was like, I feel like I'm in a, and then brace war played too, which brace. I'm again, I grew up outside of Richmond and yeah. that was like church to us. Um, right. Yeah. All those days, like brace, brace war, uh, naysayer, um, all that stuff back in the like early two thousands down to nothing. Of course, all yeah. those bands were like, like just those were like religion to us growing up. So yeah. I remember I was being, a, I was serving these pieces here and I was like, dude, I really feel like I'm at something right now. Like, yeah, man, that's awesome. No pressure. They, uh, I really love what they're doing in the sense, like, like musically, I love it, but also on another level where they're like, there's no social media presence from right? them, right? Like, there's no no pressure, you know, Twitter or Instagram or as far as I can tell, maybe it's out there somewhere, but uh, and so it's just like. Oh, and by the way, here's a new record, right? Like, which blew my <laughs> mind when the full length came out. I was like, wait wasn't expecting this no like lead up or anything and so yeah and and the fact that yeah parker cannon coming from the story so far which like that's a band that i that i also you know like really love in fact like their last record proper dose is like one of my favorite records from the last couple years it's just like it's one of those ones that's really nice to put on and listen to when i just want to kind of chill out right and i know a lot of people kind of got bummed out by that with the story so far kind of making that stylistic choice and change but uh you you really get it full force like that pop punk aggressive you know hardcore influence sort of sound with no pressure and i think it's it's so good i don't know how many live sets of theirs i've watched on youtube because they're like there was a tour that they stop I know there's a tour that they were doing where literally someone was filming it every night and it's right? like, and it's like 15 minutes. Right. Cause at that time they had their EP, which was only a couple minutes. And I think bed of nails maybe had come out. Yeah. And then, so they played like three or four covers as well. And it was just like, bang, 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 bang. 
and it was so good i, and, I love it they're all about fun they're like you can, i've listened to that lp they put out every single day since they they released yeah. it and it so fucking catchy it's like blink 182 times 10 i, I don't know yeah. it's like it's such a fun record and when i saw them they were uh they actually played a judge cover i think that um okay yeah um but i was really surprised by that but i mean it's yeah. that band's all about fun and i yeah i can i can't say enough about like what they're doing like, too. they're just so killer well the first like one of the like because I, I haven't seen them live personally but like the i know that one tour they were playing um when they play their there was like three covers they were playing it was rancid um what song was it? I can't remember. What, it was it was off in Outcome the Wolves, but I can't remember specifically which Rancid song it was. And then they play a Gorilla Biscuit song, and then Josie by Blink One Eighty Two. And I was just like, <laughs> man, especially like because as I was listening to it the first time, I was I was like messaging a friend. And I was like, and I sent him the link to the video. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And I was like, it's like Blink One Eighty Two meets Gorilla Biscuit. So then later in the right? set when they played them, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Nailed it. That's so awesome. But um, yeah, they're they're fantastic. Uh, love what they're doing and I'm excited to see uh, what they've got. I mean, they obviously just, at the time of recording this, just a couple weeks ago yeah. released that full length. So uh, they, you know, they've got plenty going on right now. But um, they truly don't stop. I swear, like on social media, or I swear I saw like flyers for them in, like yeah. europe and then oh, i think yeah. just the other day i saw people were like oh we're going to brooklyn to see him i, I was <laughs> like yeah, how do you guys just not stop to yeah. it's insane it's amazing let's get into the songs uh that you brought from celebration yeah. summer yeah okay so i guess before we get into the songs i'm i was like racking my brain earlier today trying to figure out how it was that i first heard about your band uh because I don't know how, like it wasn't sent to me. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it is. You know, like a, a, you know, a rep sends me like, that's how this interview happened. But like, um, you know, sometimes I get sent music emails. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. But this one, I must've, it must've just come across someone posted about it or whatever. And I checked it out and I was instantly kind of going, okay, I I'm into this. I I'm digging this. And, uh, same friend that I was messaging about no pressure. I was like sending that, sending the EP to him as well. And, um, we were both kind of fawning over it for a little bit going like, this is pretty awesome. So I was pumped to hear that. Uh, Cause the, oh, I guess the EP is 2020 now. So, you know, it's, it's been a couple of years, but so pumped to hear about the new record yeah, that's coming. That. Uh, yeah. Right. That's, that's <laughs> exciting. But the, the first song that you picked, like I said, comes off the EP and it's the song, my, uh, my devotion. Oh, 
Okay, so I have to ask a question. Um, of course. I was actually, I meant to ask a, a similar question off the top when we first started. Um, but because you brought it up in this song, there's a line there that you say, listen to Black Flag till the day I die. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you had to choose, being from the DC area, do you choose Minor Threat or Black Flag? Um, I think I can, I can pretty easily, I'd go Minor Threat. Um, okay. Yeah. I think Minor Threat's just a little bit more pissed off. yeah i mean that's and that's fair as we're listening to that song i actually a while ago i got sent uh, a book it's you could sort of see it here uh but it's like this photo book that was sent to me and it's full of like uh, oh yeah yeah yeah, i actually seen that book before yeah yeah so full of like black flag stuff minor threats in here descendants are in here misfits um it's a by a photographer by the name of kevin sulk which i'm like i've been I plan on getting him on the show sometime in the in the near future because he sent it to me. Funny story about this book is it's actually he signed it and it says to uh, to growing up punk, enjoy the journey back in time. And then on it, if you see here, it says uh, it was originally supposed to go to Fat Mike, so he had started signing <laughs> it for Fat Mike and he, and he screwed it up. And it was it was the last one sitting around at his house, so uh, he sent it to me. I'm like, that's hilarious. So that's, um, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah. So, so celebration summer. Um, the EP was called or is called "Against the Gun," and uh, from the moment I put it on, I was I was hooked because uh, this this track is not the opener. Where is this? It's like the. Oh, uh, it's like number three, I think. Number three, yeah. I think you picked the last two songs off the album. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, from the get go on the record, I was hooked. But what made you pick this specific song as one that you uh, wanted to talk about? Of course. Um... Again, I think it's just like it goes back. I I think this is one of my better written song lyrically um, from okay. that record, which is, I I don't know why I'm always going back to in my on the songwriting. I always think about the lyrics and like the, the message I'm delivering. Um, but again, it's just it just ties in good about like you know growing up in punk and everything like that. You yeah. know, um, as I said earlier, like as I'm approaching thirty more, you know, I just keep I don't just keep archiving things in my head, like yeah. thinking like how many shows I've ever been to or like you know. Where's this uh, yeah. band been? And you're like, you know, oh, how how fantastic was this band? I'm like, oh, I'm so mad at it. Think about this band. But it's just, and even like tying that into like, you know, my professional life and all that stuff, uh, just kind of how being a punk has um, influenced me. You know, I just kind of want to show that because I'm very much devoted to this. And I think, you know, I love having hardcore in my life. And sometimes I think like it's it's even better to have it now than mm. back in the day you know right. um i don't know it's 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 just that's kind of what you know the song was about so i want to share it yeah, yeah i'm a big fan too of like songs lyrics that will i mean going back to the black flag line that will kind of like you know reference or not necessarily name drop in the sense like because name <laughs> dropping always sounds like you know searching for cred sort of thing right no but of like, course dropping those influences in there or what what have you and uh it's funny because at various points i always thought it was it was kind of weird when bands would do that and then somewhere along the way it just like clicked where i was like no wait this is like reading the liner notes from a band where you're like going to the thank yous and seeing all the bands that they list right except it's in song form and you know i can i can listen to it and sing along so that's pretty rad but um yeah, I, and I also love bands that 
Uh, I mean, you can't be a hardcore, I feel like you can't be a hardcore band if you don't have a song about the music. No, agreed. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, there's so many that have done it over the years, right? Like, and, and, I mean, what better way to uh, show your love and appreciation of music than to write a song? So I think that's... No, of course. That's pretty fitting, pretty awesome. uh, I'm just... Yeah, go ahead. No, it's like, even just... I I agree. I I like when, you know, artists kind of mention that. That was kind of... Or mentioned the music in the music. Yeah. It was influenced, that lyric was influenced by Steve Malkmus. Did I say this right? Yeah, Steve Malkmus from uh, Pavement. Because okay. I like, it, like, I think there's songs where he like mentions like the Grateful Dead directly right. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Even though it's completely opposite of what I'm talking about here. But sure, I just, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I just like, I think it's like that, you know, cute little Although, playing with the lyrics to do that. <laughs> that That's amazing. If it is the Grateful Dead that he mentions, because, um, in uh, like Boys of Summer, which if, like the Atari's covered, right? Yeah. But like in the original Don Henley version, he says, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Right. But then Chris Rowe, when the Atari's covered it, changed it to a Black Flag sticker. So like it's interesting <laughs> that if he was singing about the Grateful Dead in that Pavement song and you took influence from it to sing about Black Flag, it's like, it's crazy. That's I, think it's the, I think it's probably the logos, you know? We got right, the, yeah. It's so iconic to see the Black Flag bars and then yeah. anything, the skull and shit from... Yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> um and what i mean do we live in a time anymore where where bands have because like there was very much a thing where bands like designed a logo right like right. whether you know whether it's the black flag logo or the De- descendants with milo or misfits with i can't yeah. remember the proper name but the skull and stuff right like um those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so anymore. Bring like, back actually... sweet, sweet like not like band logos for one, but also almost like band mascot characters. Yeah, let's, let's get some more Eddies in the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need to be, you need to be able to tattoo something on you, right? So. What's up, amigos y familia? It's your boy, Chef Josh K from the Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes? Yes, indeed, I got a food and music pairing for you today with Celebration Summer. It's an Americanized sound of punk rock with gritty vocalizations over fun, chuggy riffs, which makes me think of General So's chicken. No shade, because I love that stuff. It's not traditional Chinese cuisine from the roots of their indigenous culinary backgrounds or anything, but if you know, it's very, very tasty and addictingly fulfilling. Even better better the next day than when you first experienced it and that's celebration summer if you're drinking too let's have a beer we're gonna have a ham's tall boy ice cold baby ice cold ham's tall boy if you're drinking liquor Hiram walker 10 high 1970s label whiskey on the rocks in a chipped glass from the back of your cabinet if you're drinking wine a paso robles red blend that's from california we're gonna chill that slightly not straight out of the bottle room temperature chill it if you're not drinking alcohol you're gonna drink a cold brewed black iced tea with cinnamon simple syrup fresh stone fruit a peach preferred and an orange peel for garnish. Lots of small melty ice to wash it all down. Cheers, everybody. Here's Celebration Summer with Against the Gun.
it's so weird to say I love that song uh, because obviously like the lyrical content is pretty pretty heavy pretty hard stuff that you're experiencing in your life but like a like when when lyrics hit hard I like I I it obviously makes the song take on a whole new feeling and meaning obviously but then musically it's just so so I love a good closer, and so I think you've like even on a four song EP, you've accomplished that with that song. Uh, oh, it thank goes, you. yeah, it goes off, and that like kind of the repeating. I guess you could call it the main riff, the like the octave riff that you've. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's you playing it or the other guitar player playing it, but um, it's uh, yeah, it, it just sounds it sounds so good. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about why you why you picked it, and uh, yeah. No, certainly. Thank you for all the kind words. Uh, yeah, that was that was a song that it's funny because it, it came together so quickly for us when we were writing it. We we were just about to go in the studio. And we knew we needed a, a, one more song, um, mm-hmm. and we we had. I actually had written these lyrics for something else, um, and it just didn't really fit with the song. The song just sounded a little too. Even though the song's kind of cheer the other song we're using was just a little too like kind of snotty sounding so i felt right. like we should write something different and we kind of just out of a jam sesh kind of wrote this yeah. and um yeah I, I was able to just it, I, when i would just deliver that first line uh the people moving cars i think they hate me um we just kind of knew that this was going to be the song and we never really thought of ourselves when we really form as being a political band and yeah. um you know, I, I, much as I love political bands, like you know, obviously anti-flag and mm-hmm, uh, yeah. strike anywhere, stuff like that. You know, I, I've, I don't know. I've never felt like I was going to be the person that should, you know, write some music about that. Like I never felt like I was, I knew about topics strongly enough for things like that, or, you know, I should, or even like I had the, the complex thinking enough to write stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's no secret right now. Living in the United States is bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it just it sucks to be it sucks to be black here it sucks to be a woman it sucks to, to yeah. be queer i mean it, it truly it sucks if you need health care it, it fucking sucks living here and yeah this song um i just really like i, I don't want to you know just make it so you know low and despair but the song you know i want to you know that's kind of how i feel it's like it's hard to stay radicalized in, in these feelings you know you just kind of that's what i want to convey with that song it's like with, you know, I don't know how much more I could take with all the shit that's going on, and it's yeah. it, it's hard to keep it's it's hard to stay radicalized, it's hard to stay motivated, and you know, to stay thoughtful about these things when it's all you know just going badly sometimes, and you you want yeah. to just fall into despair, to say screw it, you know. Um, so yeah, I wanted to shoot that song because you know it it means a lot to us, and I think it. It kind of brought us together as, as a band more. You know, we wrote it. We wrote it during the time of, uh, uh, you know, George Floyd mm-hmm. protests um, and Breonna Taylor protests. And you know, again, we were we were all stuck inside, just looking at the news, and yeah, we were just yeah. fucking furious. We we're just like, but we were, we kind of came together as a band, I think, and we agreed like like it, it's it's nice to feel that way with a group of people, just to feel so in agreement, you know, like this is what we care about and you know we want to do good things with the music that we create um because mm-hmm. again we originally said you know it was all just be fun and just you know old like dc worship you know talking about yeah. grace and dad yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but no yeah. we were like 
it's it's nice because I think it kind of gave this band a mission. Um, and though we're not a, again, we're not like a super political band. Um, I don't know. It's just I I, I want to connect. I I want to do a little bit more with this song. I think we did. It was just trying to connect with people, yeah. um, even though it's kind of like pessimistic what I'm saying or whatever. Um, yeah, but it, well, yeah, that's kind of what I can. That's what I want to convey. You know, it's just like, yeah. We can, you know it's, I don't know how much more I can take, but I think there's an energy there in the song, and even yeah. in, there's a bit of a happiness to the song that you know you can keep it keep it together and stay right. stay motivated, and stay positive. It, it's interesting because I think, yeah, instrumentally, especially in the parts where it kind of gets to breathe, like instrument, instrument, mm-hmm. instrumental wise, um, it does, it does feel a little, uh, happier in, in an odd sense, because like, I think obviously with, the, with the content of the song, the message behind the song. And one thing I did want to say is like, I think there's something extremely, uh, powerful about like you said, you didn't really want to be a political band, but the fact that, you know, writing that specific song and, you know, maybe any other songs that come after it or whatever, uh, from like a very personal viewpoint of someone living in it and going through it versus getting riled, not, not to say there's anything wrong with getting riled up about a cause, but like, but when it comes to writing a song, like you writing it from that first person perspective and what you've lived and, you know, what you see and, and what you feel, uh, I think definitely gives it more, I don't know if power is the right word that I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Like it, 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 no, connects, it connects a lot harder, I think. And then when, when it cuts out at the end, like after you have this big, like instrumental kind of build and, and drive through the whole song and it just cuts back to just you and the guitar singing, I don't know how much more of this I can take. When I talk about like a closer to a record, whether it's a four song EP or it's a, you know, double album or something like a closer to a record like that, we're all of a sudden... You know, it's like, okay, it's been a, you know, it's, it's been a good journey of music. We've listened to the song, My Devotion, which is, you know, a love letter written to punk and hardcore. And like, that's kind of cool. And then you come to this and it's just like, you almost got to sit in it for a little bit. Right. Like, certainly. Um, and, and as someone, you know, obviously a white guy who hasn't, doesn't have to live with that on a daily basis to like, listen to this and then like sit in it and kind of be able to breathe and go, okay, like this is something that I like personally, I listen to it. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm supposed to feel if that makes sense. Right. No, certainly, you know, but, but it definitely like, it just sits heavy and I go, okay. Like I know, like I can, I can probably even just do better if that makes sense. Like going out and standing, you know, taking a stand for people when I see something or whatever. Right. But, um, so it's an, it's an incredibly powerful song. And I think, uh, I, I would, you know, like if it's something that you feel more, going forward like again i don't know what about all the songs that are coming up on the new record but like if that's something that you step into and do like it's it's powerful stuff man no thank you very much i think i think we're always going to sprinkle it in there um Mm -hmm. and i I mean i i'm just a i'm a very introspective writer about many different scenarios and situations and aspects of my life and and, and mental health um Mm -hmm. and, and increasingly it's just it's you know it's becoming more political and it's becoming more yeah. you know the social aspects of of the world that we unfortunately have to live in um and yeah it, i again i i just i even like how i wrote it you know it's 
I don't feel like I have the brain or the intelligence to, to really offer, you know, the perspective or offer, you know, the, the tools to, to make the world better. But, you know, I just, just kind of want to catalog what the thoughts are now, or yeah. not even really catalog, just, but just like, you kind of make a journal of what I'm feeling at the moment. And I, I think a lot of people connect with that. Um, and I think we're going to, I think we'll see more celebration song, summer songs in the, in the future that do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't, I don't necessarily want to just jump away from this song. No problem. I, I feel like you, you had a pretty good segue in there when you said uh, about, I think being connected or whatever, because the next song you pick is called disconnected. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, talking about kind of sprinkling that sort of stuff, you know, in the future. I mean, I guess like if, if your goal as a band or as a songwriter is to just be writing what is on your mind and what's in your heart, like, you know, if you're living through those things or you see something happen one day or whatever, it's, it probably makes its way naturally into a song versus trying to, um, I guess like intent, like, cause do you, do you go into a song intentionally trying to convey a message or did that song just specifically come out like, that's what was on your heart that day when you were jamming. Oh no. Cause you said you had the lyrics written kind of before with different music, the, right? I had some of the lyrics already written. Um, and I knew that I, I really, really wanted to use them. And we started it. Cause it's funny. Cause I always tell the band that's our Tom Petty song. It sounds like a right. girl or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I'm always, I don't know. I just, I felt like that was, that was the jam to, you know, mm screaming out and i i play the really simple part of that song so when we right. play it live i can i i mean not i didn't purposely do it but i get really into that song because i really don't have much to do in my playing right. um but yeah it, it, it yeah it's it's funny because again i always say this a tom penny song but it's such a <laughs> serious serious song <laughs> that's that is that's that's kind of funny but <laughs> i like it uh so the new album that's coming out in uh, september is called patience in presence yes um real quick before we get into the song which i just i, I said the name a moment ago uh where'd the name of this record come from um it's the title track of one of our songs uh on the record and it's a, a lyric that i wrote in my car one night um on i was ready to go on a beer run to get uh okay, yeah. it was ready to go to seven let me get a beer run and it was snowing um and i just i remember i had this moment where i was like let me get my phone out and i'll start just like writing this like it was almost like a poem i started writing yeah, um, yeah. and again just thinking like about my mental health and stuff i can i feel like many times i can like get to i can block myself down with like the ifs ands or buts about life or i'll just think of like all these different circumstances or like if I'm trying to work on, like, even in work, I'm trying to work on a specific project, I'll be thinking about every other thing in my in my mm-hmm. brain at that time. So, the the idea of what I was trying to con- convey when I was coming up that that line, patience and presence, was to just to sit in the moment and be present, and you know, let things to come. Mm-hmm. Especially to you know, thinking of all the ifs and about the pandemic too. I was right. I kind of taught me myself, especially too, like going to shows. I like don't pull your phone out. Anymore. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Be patient and present. Yeah, you know, like just like yeah. Teach, I was just teaching myself to kind of stuff like that. That's kind of what the lyric conveys. I, what the I was just having that conversation actually today with a coworker. I was like, man, I remember I used to go to shows and. Uh, you know, I'd be like taking pictures of the band and like taking video, like just like different things, yeah. like capturing or whatever, right? And like now, I'm just like, okay, I might 
you know, capture something right at the very beginning of a set or whatever. I'm like, okay, here they come. Here's a few seconds. I'm like, then it's just like phone away and just going like, I just want to sit here. Yeah. And, and be in it and check out the bands and whatever. And, uh, so that's, that's, I like that you brought that up, but, um, the song that you picked off the record is actually the lead single off it. And it's called disconnected. unsuccessfully tried to google lyrics for that song uh, a <laughs> little anecdote uh, when you google celebration summer disconnected lyrics uh, you get a whole lot of links for five seconds of summer and a song they have called disconnected like, oh, dang, this is, <laughs> yeah. i was like this is this isn't working but um 
so if I was if I was picking up lyrically a little bit, I'm assuming that song you kind of referenced it a few minutes ago with the title of the record in a way. But uh, was this written, you know, kind of during uh like during the pandemic and um, kind of about that or? Yeah, based. It's kind of fun. so. This song was written. I forget what time of year it was in twenty. Damn, what year would it have been? Twenty twenty one. We didn't. So we're such a stupid band in the sense that we got to we met each other like. I would say like right at the end of 2020 and then started the 2021 starts. We were feeling real good. We have the songs going, we have like a few songs recorded and then boom, we're stuck inside forever. So we can't yeah. play any shows. And it, it took us for, I forget how many months it took us to get back to like just rehearsing together in our practice space. Um, and when we finally did, we were all just so stoked to play music. And I remember Dan came to practice at least if I remember correctly, Dan came to practice with the riff for Disconnected, that opening um, part for it. And I, I remember just being so stoked on it. Um, and uh, we, I'm trying to think, I might be even messing up the timeline because of the year, but we had played a show um, at the State Theater in Falls Church, Virginia, um, mm. with some of our friends. And uh, it was, it was, it was like a really, really weird show. It was just, it was like tables spread out everywhere. We were outside right. in a yeah, parking yeah. lot. Um, we couldn't even turn our amps on really loud because, you know, the neighborhood <laughs> playing and stuff like yeah. that. Um, it was just something to get together for this ex- excuse to do or sake of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually very fortunate where I had some dear friends. Um, my friend Elaney from Virginia Beach, she drove up, drove up and my, one of my best friends in the world, his name's Nick he drove up from Richmond to see us at the time. Um, and so I think this was, yeah, this, no, this was probably right before things got really bad. This was probably like October. I forget when it was. Um, and so we didn't get to play each other. We didn't see each other until I'm trying to think it's probably around April. Maybe we didn't play again. Um, and so when Dan came back with this riff, it just, it really excited me. And I started thinking about the last time we played together live, like stuff like that. And, even the last time I had seen my friends and uh, one of the reasons I did chose, chose a song is like, speaking about my, my friend, Nick, uh, we unfortunately lost Nick in 2021. Um, and so it was a song that I wrote about probably the last night I spent with him. And so right. um, it just like really, it, I think it shows more the energy of what we started to do with this, with the band, uh, like, like the motivation of songwriting again, being very personal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah, having intention with the song but i remember when when dan came to practice that riff it just energized us we all immediately heard that jungle in the beginning of the song um and just how it would drive into that really punk punky section and uh yeah the song was just was just about how you know we had to be inside we all agree we had to be inside um just suck being disconnected from everyone you know not being able to go to shows not being able to touch people you love losing people you love during this time um and not even be able to say goodbye to them properly, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is, it was, a, this is just a, yeah, this is a really important song for, to me at, at least. And uh, yeah, I want to share with everyone the news. I think it's also kind of a good introduction of what's going to come with the new record. Right. Um, that's yeah, cool. it's kind of the passion that's in it. Yeah. Yeah. What a wild time we like live to live through and are still essentially, you know, somewhat going through, uh, like to like think about some of those things where I remember seeing photos or maybe it was even live footage or not live footage, but like footage from uh, like 
like parking lot concerts where people show up in their cars yeah. or, you know, like the, you know, some of the local venues here that I, you know, the shows that I would go to, I didn't go to any because they didn't really get much of a chance during that time. But I do remember seeing things about you know, like that very same thing where like tables are set up and I'm like, I can't imagine going to see, you know, like my favorite hardcore band and sitting at a table, right? Like, oh, agreed. It, it was so such wild. an awkward experience. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was weird going like, uh, like going to my first show after everything when things kind of started opening up. Cause like here in Canada where I am, um, I mean like things started happening in the States more, mm. uh, beforehand. And you had bands that were, you know, kind of doing those tours. And I thought, well, maybe we'll get like kind of those more like Canadian tours. Cause there's the border crossing thing was a big issue for a bit too. Right. right? Uh, and then it was like every time one of those like set up, you know, it was like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, show's canceled because, back into lockdown or whatever, right? Like just different, different (laughs) things going on. Um, actually we were never in, I shouldn't say we weren't in full lockdown. It was just, you know, restrictions on things so that shows couldn't happen specifically. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then, so like going to that first show back after it was like so foreign, uh, like my first kind of like main show back was actually, we mentioned military gun earlier, but it was military gun with Vane and, uh, scowl who you mentioned earlier. And, um, Oh, why am I touche amore? I'm like, how the hell am I forgetting the Oh, headline? that's that's a yeah. fun show. It was a great show, but it was so weird going back. Like, especially because, you know, like when that when I bought tickets to that show, I was like, I bought them and I'm like, this show's probably not gonna happen. Like, yeah. let's let's be honest, the way things had kind of been going, right? I'm like, this show's not gonna happen. Bought tickets for it, and then when it did come around and it happened, and like all the bands were there and stuff, I was just like this is so weird. Like I'm, I'm back, <laughs> you know, going to shows and like the next week. No, was, it was so cool. It was yeah. like, almost like discovering all this again for the first yeah, time. For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I definitely, from- definitely got sick during it. Cause then like the next week, <laughs> the next, well, I was, I would like jumped in like head first. Cause it was like, I had that show a few days later, I flew across the country. So my first time flying since all of this, right. Flew mm-hmm. across the country to visit my parents, flew back and then with like a week after the Touche Amore show was Hot Water Music, The Men Zingers, uh, Oso Oso, and Sincere Engineer. And so like all of this was was within a week. So when I got <laughs> when I got sick a handful of days later, I was like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, know? right. But, yeah. It was like, well, whatever. It was worth it, man. If this is no. the end, it was worth it. Um, but yeah, no, so such a weird like thing to think back on. And I can only I can imagine it's probably a little bit I don't know if weird is the right word to like, but to have this, you know, a collection of, you know, or even just a couple songs that were written in that to like, look back and reflect back on that. No, agree. And I, I, I'm very happy to, even like with that show, we'll have pictures of that. Cause you know, I, I even think like I have a three-year-old niece and I wonder yeah. if like her history textbooks going to talk about this, right. or, you know, so like stuff weird, stuff like that. And it's just, it's cool to, to say, not cool, but like to be a part of that moment, it's just, Thinking about that, I think is is, is very jarring at times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't believe we, we were part of this and everything. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely felt the diving head first back into shows. I remember, I forget what show it was. Um, it was a death metal show where a friend gave me tickets for free, and I didn't yeah. expect to go. And uh, it was the weirdest pit I've ever seen of like yeah. sitting apart with masks on. But oh yeah, I I came out of mat mosh retirement. And I thought I was yeah. I thought I was fit enough to do it, and I was <laughs> in bed for like the next two days, like just back twisted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. No, it was because like the first shows that I went back to. 
Like I didn't go to anywhere. It was like, oh, social distancing, wearing masks. Like it was when the show started happening, like uh, that I had tickets to anyway. There were other shows that happened, but not that I went to. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, restrictions basically were gone. Now mm. I live, I live in a province in Canada that, uh, I mean, it often gets referred to as being the Texas of Canada. So there, and it's for a very good reason that it's called that the way that things kind of work here politically a lot of times. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we were one of the, you know, like our, the premier of our province was like so proud that we were the first to like fully open up. And then it's <laughs> like, you know how it goes, right? Like, you know, it's like, anyway, it was, that's, that's in the past now we're, we're looking forward to, yeah. to the future, but, um, yeah, no, this new record, I am, I'm so looking forward to it when I, uh, got word that you had a new, new album coming out. Cause I think, did the single come out with like kind of announcement of the album or did the single come out first and then an uh, announcement later we had played it live a few times and so we might have like told people about it or like we, yeah. there might even be footage of us playing it so we might have said like a little bit about it mm-hmm. um and even actually i think maybe over the live streams we've done where we played it too right. so it wasn't completely unknown to folks yeah. when it came out. um but it yeah it was first talked about when we were announced uh, on af and the announcement of the, the upcoming record. Right, okay. So then, yeah, it was. It would have been at the same time then, but just being excited because, you know, you're you're one of those bands that I was kind of like keeping an eye on, um, going like, okay, I'm like this this first EP that's out. I see now, like I look on your band camp and you do have a couple other kind of like, I guess, releases here, like a cover song and some demos and whatever. But oh, yeah. um, as far as like official releases, this being, you know, the EP being kind of the one, I was like, all right. I, I love, you know, kind of like being able to hear, I, I guess, cause maybe what it is going back to our conversation about bands like Turnstile and stuff like that is that, um, for a while it, it feels like bands were, were, uh, showing their influences from the bands that came in the era before them. Mm. Right. Like if that makes sense. Um, so like, you know, the big pop punk bands, in, like just as an example showing their influence of you know being influenced by like newfound glory for instance like well mm-hmm. that was like the era just before them whereas there's this whole slew of hardcore bands now that are actually like reaching back to you know like 80s hardcore early 90s hard which i think is kind of um refreshing and bringing a different sound so in hearing that kind of like in in your band sound uh and then also the name of the band tell me a little bit about it because uh, when I, when I heard the name Celebration Summer, I assumed I was like, "Oh, are they from the D.C. area?" But then I was like, "Wait, it's not. It was Revol- Revolution Summer, right?" And so, I was yeah. Like, so where did Celebration Summer come from? It's 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 two things. So when we first started the band, we were we covered uh, Husker Du, and Husker Du has yeah. the song "Celebrated Summer," yeah. okay. um, and then. So that was like half of it because we were really yeah. in the And I think that was like a really early influence for us uh, when we were starting to write. And then um, the other side of it was Revolution Summer. Yeah, okay. It, I think, it, again, going back to what you're saying too, is we have a cool, I, I don't know if it's an advantage over other bands, but this is the age range. You know, I'm 27. Um, mm-hmm. And I think our oldest member, Glenn, I think he's 55, you know? Wow. So, yeah. yeah um, so we all have these really different experiences with music and even yeah. like i think it's really cool like our interaction with punk rock and what we think punk rock is i think yeah um 
it makes for a really like cool blend of music, especially just different eras and different understandings of it all. Um, but yeah, that's actually kind of forgot where I was going with that. But <laughs> so, well, I mean, because uh, I was, I think maybe because I was talking about like. Oh yeah, the, the name, the name, yeah, the name, yeah, and then like the earlier influences as opposed to just like the generation that just came before you. But now that you mentioned the age gap in the band, how did the band come together? How did you guys end up meeting each other? Um, so it's kind of not a super wild story. Uh, it starts really with Brave, our bass player. Um, he, I don't know how long he's been playing music for, but not super long. Um, and you know, I think Greg's in his in his forties, and you know, he's was in the military for so long, stuff like that. He he, you know, he was ready to start a band. He just kind of lived yeah. that time. He never really thought he did. And so he reached out, um, I think through Craigslist originally and saying okay. he was looking to start a band with these kind of influences for like, you know, for fans of stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and Glenn ended up reaching out to him, I think is if I remember correctly. And they went out and had a beer and, you know, got to meet each other. And it turned out they both knew Dan, our guitar player, because Glenn, and Dan had played in bands in the past, and then okay. Dan and uh, Dan and uh, Greg knew each other from just you know the music scene around, just being kind of drinking buddies in the past. Yeah. Um, and so they started to jam a little bit together, and then Greg got on a local uh, music group on Facebook, oh, shit. Um, and he did the same thing, you know, looking for a you know guitar player to join the band for fans yeah. of same thing, and I ended up reaching out. Um, and uh, whatever Glenn's house, we uh, all learned. Trying to think, of we learned "Sour Grapes" by Leatherface. Um, don't want to know if you're lonely, but us for do. The third song, I think we learned. Um, maybe it was already dead industrial there. Maybe or maybe that came later. But yeah, we just got together, jammed those out, and uh, hmm. it all worked out perfectly. And then we got to play with each other for three months or so, and then the world yeah. shut down, and we yeah. could see each other play like another six or something. So crazy. So crazy. It's also funny because, like, um, have you ever read the book Our Band Could Be Your Life? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Okay. So I'm actually reading it for the second time because, so you you mentioned Husker Du, which is what kind of brought me back around. So it covers, I I have it in front of me, but um, so it covers, uh, let's see, what are some of the bands we've mentioned tonight? Black Flag, Husker Du, uh, Minor Threat. Uh, Fugazi. Uh, anyways, it covers a bunch of like um, SST and some Discord bands and stuff like that. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, I was watching, I ended up stumbling across this documentary that was put out by like uh, one of the PBS stations in mm. Minnesota. And it was about the Minnesota hardcore scene in the 80s. So Husker Du has a whole section in it, right? And so I was like, man, this makes me want to reread Our Band Could Be Your Life. So uh, when you brought Husker Du up, I was like, oh, that's actually the chapter I'm on again right now. But um, yeah, if you're if you're a fan of reading, <laughs> that sounds funny <laughs> to say, but but if you if you read sometime, um, I would definitely recommend Our Band Could Be Your Life by Michael Azarad. Um, he wrote also Come As You Are, like the story of Nirvana. Okay. Which, so then the idea I think with this was kind of like going, this is what led up to Nirvana being able to blow up. Right. Oh, um, okay. So it's kind of a, it's such a rad book and it's so, so well-written and so easy to read and just all sorts of great stories. But uh, like Sonic youth is covered in here as well. Uh, Mud honey, dinosaur junior. Um, 
the replacements, like just a ton of bands. Anyway, uh, if you're looking for something to read, I'd highly recommend it. But I will um, say it was hard for me not to include a Dinosaur Jr. song. They're like oh, so there a top go. three band for me. Yeah. Um, actually got to see they were one of the first bands i saw after the pandemic as well awesome um, yeah 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 you could talk about them as well <laughs> that's cool man yeah have to I, check that book out yeah you, you definitely do <laughs> in that case um yeah this was this was honestly a lot of fun i love uh i love doing these episodes and i mean obviously like the 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 songs that you or any artist pick to represent their band like i'm familiar with them because i'm i'm interviewing you because i'm a fan of the band um, <laughs> so, so i've listened to them but i really enjoy hearing the influence like the songs that influence them and then sometimes going like oh i need to pay a little bit more attention to that band i need to listen to them a little bit more um and this one this episode was fun because like rocket from the crypt sam i am and rival schools are three bands that i've been familiar with for well, Rival Schools would be the most recent for me. I mean, obviously, too, when you look at the releases when they came out, it's the newest release. But, um, I mean, it's still 20 years old. Um, but, like, to go back and, like, listen to these bands and go, okay, well, I think tonight when I'm done, I'm going to go listen to United by Fate, maybe. You know, to, <laughs> to kind of wrap my evening up or what have you. So uh, this, was, this was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks for taking the time to hang out with me. No, thank you for having me on. This is a blast.